Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and nice adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy thought of the day is by Black Francis. I've got a small, loyal audience, which is great, and I appreciate that. They're there for me every time. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Music Podcast, episode 68. Thank you to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you this week on a t-shirt winter weather day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Big congrats to Randy Orton for winning the 2017 Royal Rumble this Sunday. This podcast is supposed to be loose and fun, so I'll refrain for now on working in my political views. But one thing I will say is this. New Jack Clyde doesn't matter what you say or do. Ain't no way I'll ever cheer for Roman Reigns. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Adjusted the keys on some of my original songs so my little buddy Ella could help sing more. Highlight was the song Happy Thursday. Brian Johnson and myself rocked out at YZ Bar and Grill in YZ Minnesota. Happy birthday to one of our best fans and friends, Pam. Friday, I played a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota. Great to see Macklemore Corey and Jean-Claude Von John Dom there rocking the cheeseburgers. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and I jammed out at Fill-In Station in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Did a massive original song set for Jenny and her family. Brought back old memories from playing shows at Bada's, Harbor, and Breakroom. Thanks also to Zappa fan Jim for putting us up at Fort Lindbergh. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, February 1st, 2017, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Holt, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, February 2nd, Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, February 3rd, I'll be playing a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, Mr. Brian, Keith, Johnson, and myself will be rambling on up to Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at JJ's Pub from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week. 
is part one of three with keyboardist and multi-instrumentalist of the popular indie rock band Tapes and Tapes, Matthew Kretzman. We discuss making music videos, music blogs, the Pixies, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Matt Kretzman, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, part two. <laughs> Got loaded up on another round of coffee. Always. We're still sitting here in uh, beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota on a nasty travel day here. <laughs> I see my poor little vibe outside, but but uh, she, did, she did the job. I came in from Wisconsin and came here, back roads from St. Paul, and, and we made it to do the podcast. So we're doing a part, working on part two here, and uh, so I've been watching a bunch of videos yeah. of you guys and stuff. And so I want to ask you about, because that's one thing about looking up tapes and tapes, yeah. is there's so much activity like on YouTube and so much content yeah. via live recordings, interviews <laughs> at different radio stations and stuff. But I got a really big kick out of the music videos. Yeah. I've never had to make, I've never made a real music <laughs> video. I've always done like this still stuff. So I wanted to ask you about a couple of the music videos. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing your experiences, like, the recordings and ideas or something like that, the ones I thought are pretty kind of cool. For sure. Um, so right at the top of my list here, I got, um, oh, God, the funny one with uh, the 1995 New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Uh, Freak Out off your 2011 record, Outside. Yeah. Super cool song. Uh, that video is hilarious. Yes. So what's this, what what was the how did that go about? That one was really fun. Um, as a general kind of thing, like uh, I can probably speak for all of us in the band that we didn't really like doing videos. Um, it was like it was just always one of those things where it's like oh, we feel awkward and like I don't know. It's just it it just always was kind of tough, you know um not not necessarily our cup of tea but but that one was pretty fun and it was directed by i don't remember the guy's name now um no disrespect it's just been over five years um but uh martin scorsese not that guy (laughs) a different guy but yeah young guy local guy um and we shot it here in minneapolis um in south minneapolis i think off of chicago avenue somebody's house um and yeah they the they pitched, I think, the idea to do this kind of 90s, like, New Year's Eve party and the whole nine. And it was just, you know, I think for a video to work like that, it's just, like, the funnier, sillier. That that was a good fit for us, you know, because, like, we just, we never liked being, like, a serious band, you know. So that one was fun. And, yeah. It reminded me of like playing the college house parties and stuff like that, but uh, the 1995 theme or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What's the main guy? Josh he's got yeah. two shots. He said, "Don't worry, be happy." The old Bobby McFerrin. Yeah, song. it was. <laughs> uh, that was real. Yeah. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble, but 
when you worry, you make it double down. I actually, I had my, yeah, I think I had a Twins shirt from the 80s that actually was, you know, mine. Funny stuff that you find out at the end, it was, that was his, was it first time meeting the girl or was a video that she'd had or something like that? I think so. Yeah, I, I can't quite... Now, now you're triggering the kind of memory of it. Then he's married to her. At yeah, the end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Okay, that's it. Key. Yeah, but that one did really well. Like people, because you know, it's just like you never you make these videos. The record company wants you to make videos, and or, you know, and it's like you don't know. But that one ended up getting like I don't know what it is now, but it had like seven hundred thousand views or something. <laughs> it's like that's a lot of yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. I've always wanted to make another make a music video. Just gotta do it. You gotta have money to do that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, probably. You know, maybe a little less so now, though, because I mean, the equipment now is, again, maybe you know, there might be some kind of editing and shooting that, you know, doesn't require. You know, we did videos that were shot with, you know, diff- lots of different, uh, I guess, uh, variety of quality of equipment. You know, so. Yeah, it's possible, you know. Yeah, but if I'm going for that 1995, that <laughs> big camcorder right, thing. Right. Um, oh, great video. I checked that one out on YouTube. Another one is uh, that I thought was awesome. It's probably the more popular one in there is for Insister. Yeah. Off your uh, 2006 The Loon record. <laughs> particular on that um doing the keyboards like the mad scientist thing yeah that was cool that's like right out of an old uh old universal monster movie yeah thing. yeah yeah that one again talk about contrast but that one that one we shot actually in london um what? yeah on this huge sound stage like it couldn't have been more different than other i mean we did a few we did a few like videos you know but that one was like there's a couple of videos that we weren't in at all and we didn't have to do anything with them and that was great. But that one, yeah, we did because that was kind of like our first single from the record that XL was putting out. So they were like, well, we want you in the video so we can introduce people to like what you look like basically. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was on just an enormous soundstage in London and I can't remember who did the treatment for that one or if, if it was the director or if I mean, I you know we had input on all the videos, um, so, but that was a fun that was fun you know. So how long did you spend on that soundstage filming that? As I recall, quite a long time. Like we were there for uh, a full full day. Like probably I I mean now I'm fuzzy on it, but it's probably eight over eight hours. You know, eight to twelve hour kind of thing. You know, and you get breaks and whatever. But it was just like. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird, like if you're a musician or anything but an actor, it's weird to be in front of a camera for that long trying to, trying to act, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
and act like yourself or whatever. Right. You caricature yourself yeah, like, or whatever it is. Be really into it or be, you know, like. So when they were doing the mad, you were doing the mad scientist thing. So like they would, would they like crank the song in the background? You yeah. You just rock out like this. Yeah. And then say stop and cut and then you'd be like. Yeah, exactly. And do it again exactly. just all day long. Exactly, yeah. And they had the set all built and everything like that. But yeah, it was, it was just like, well, this is different, you know? <laughs> like, wow. So, yeah, and I th- I'm I'm pretty sure I met Pele on that soundstage because he was the 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 uh, soccer player because he was doing a commercial. There, it was this whole like, you know, kind of like. Uh, you know, any of those big lots out in Hollywood, basically yeah. the equivalent to that in London kind of thing. And he was like, he was like, was that your song over there? <laughs> and we we're like, yeah. He's like, I really like it. Nice to meet like, you, Pele. Yeah, I was like, huh. Um, yeah, so. Jeepers. Um, Weird I'll come stuff. back to the London thing. I've never played over there, never been mm-hmm. there. That's got to be so cool. I can't wait to ask you about that. Yeah. I want to ask you about one more video, though. One cool yeah. Thing. Oh, first of all, with the, um, with the Insister video, what are you monkeying with? Is it like a on your left? Yeah, it's some kind of weird recording device. It wasn't the the projector. It was something else. You're like you like Doctor Frankenstein kind of thing. Yeah, again, it was probably just some prop that the production company or you know the director production staff made. You know, and they're just like mess around with that. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> Did you never want to hear the song again at the end of the day, or what? Yeah, we we definitely. I mean, it's one of those songs. It's like that. That's the one song we play at every single show, no matter what, you know. So it's like it's a great song. Um, but yeah, we we probably um, you know it's good to take breaks on those things too. Okay, I'm gonna ask about one more music video, then we'll move on to something else. But yeah, I was, like it's such there were such good videos, and I yeah. really encourage you guys to check out tapes and tapes <laughs> on YouTube and. Tons of entertaining material for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the song I talked about earlier, uh, uh, "Hang Them All," the Napoleon Dynamite kind of guy yeah. um, that marks down whatever stuff he comes in with the with the um, what's it, the cardboard gun and stuff like that. So that's off your your 2008 record, "Walk It Off." But what's the who came up with that? I think the director did. Uh, this guy, I remember his name is Johnny, um, but I don't remember his last name, of course. Um, but yeah, he came up with that treatment and we were just like thumbs up to that um sounds funny um sounds creative you know and we didn't have to be in the video which we were like in favor of at that point yeah i don't know we'd done a couple videos for for the first record and like like you said they're they're fun they're 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 great you know like but we we just like uh, there's just something kind of like <laughs> It was just like we we preferred not to be in it if we didn't have to be. So okay. and we thought that video turned out awesome. It was awesome. You know? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't think we would have made the video better. You know. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Was he supposed to be kind of Napoleon? Dynamic, yeah, kind of yeah. I think it was guy, kind of that nerd guy. That vibe. Yeah. Kind of going gangster. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, is there any other videos you would recommend our listeners check out besides those three I just brought up yeah. that uh, to check out on YouTube? You guys that they might get a kick out of. Yeah, I I think that, that freakout video is really fun and really really cool. But yeah, no, and then can't remember if we did other. <laughs> we did we did a video for Bada Boom too on the on the outside album too. Yep. So yeah, very cool, man. Uh, so I want to ask you, so you so can you tell us a little about your experience of playing and 
and making videos in London? That just like what were you doing out there? Well, it was weird because I mean that was our record company XL was was based in London, so that was kind of an opportunity that we, you know just was like things moved really fast, you know, in two thousand six from basically the beginning of the year all the way through the year. I mean, we started the year playing in New York and like selling out like three or four shows. I mean, not big clubs, but it was just like, that's weird, you know? Like, you don't just... We had never sold out a show in Minneapolis, and then we were selling out shows in New York, you know? And we're like, this is weird, you know? So... How, how did... I just... I'm trying to figure that out. Like, how did you get to that point? Like, this whole middle point, like, I think a lot of musicians, you know, that put out music and play all the time, we kind of wonder, what's that whole gray area point? You know, you're here in Minneapolis, and all of a sudden you're in New York City. How did that even come about yeah. at all? It was, I think, in large part because uh, Carrie, our manager, had sent uh, our music to some different blogs, you know, and that was kind of like the really early days of music blogs, I guess. I don't, I think. Um, seems like it is, you know, like now yeah. there's a ton of them and ton of sites and everything. Um, but, you know, a few of them picked it up and really liked it and wrote about it, you know, and. For whatever reason, I mean, in New York, there's just a lot of people. I mean, there's just a lot of kids there, you know? Like, there's a lot of young people that are consuming music and, like, going to concerts, shows, et cetera. So, so yeah, so that kind of, like, really catapulted, you know, jump-started the whole thing in that regard, you know? And then, and then it just sort of snowballed from there with, like, going to South by Southwest a couple months later. Played a ton of shows there that were all you know, well attended and everything. I mean, we played with Spoon and Echo and the Bunnymen there, and it was like, it was weird, you know? Like, we got, we got, we got these opportunities, like, just were presenting themselves, and, and we were ready to do it, you know, and ready to, like, <laughs> you know, kind of just run with it, so. Were so you guys then, making a ton of money at that time? No, no. We were, we were breaking even, though, like, which was shocking. You know, I remember, because I had taken off work, I was working for a nonprofit here doing housing development and I'd been taking like unpaid sort of vacation. They gave me time to like go on tour stuff. And it was like, I remember getting back from one and being like, Oh, here's 600 bucks or something like that. And it's just kind of like, it was, it was just like, what? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we actually get money from doing this, you know? And I mean, you know, we covered our expenses and everything. And then, you know, uh, so then, yeah, we we were kind of making money, um, starting to make money, and then um, then we did the South by thing, and then then we signed with XL. So then that was in whatever March, so April. So you signed to a different record label like that. You guys sitting around a table like this with your manager and say, "Oh, this opportunity came across to sign onto a different record label," or how does that? How we didn't that have a about? record deal before then. So we'd put it out ourselves, and they basically wanted to license it and give it like a worldwide kind of re-release sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So then, and they then XL. I mean, they have an office in New York, but they were based in London, um, part of like Beggars Beggars Group. Um, and then, uh, so then we went over there in like May and did a promo trip and like played a show in London and probably shot that video and did some other stuff and kind of at that point we were like then then they were like that was kind of like teeing up the re-release which 
I don't remember <laughs> now even when it was. It was June or July. Um, so then we like did a U.S. tour, went back to Europe, did some festival like we did Reading and Leeds, and um, we did. I'm gonna I, ask you about some of them coming up. Some yeah, of the festival stuff. Yeah, up. and so that it was just like it was just a lot of, a lot of fun. You know, it's neat stuff. You know, got to do Letterman that year, which was a big deal. I'm gonna and, ask you about that for sure. Yeah, too. <laughs> I gotta get into that one a little bit. Yeah, and then I mean, it's just it, it it was it was neat. You know, like and and so we just kind of we just kind of we just didn't stop very much. You know, that year. Um, and then and then we finished that year getting to go to Japan and Australia, you know. So we were in, and then we came back in December, you know, and played one more show at first. We played a show on First Ave in July or something, and then another one in December, you know. And it was just like that was the end of the year then, you know. <laughs> but wow. were they but we, sold out by then? I assume. Yeah, they huh? were. Yeah. So and that was that was pretty surreal, you know, to to kind of like get to that point, you know, where wow. We, I mean. Growing up, did you dream of ever reaching that kind of success of, as a musician? No, no, no. I mean, I didn't think I would ever play in a rock band myself, <laughs> you know, because it was like I, I'd focus my efforts on trombone and euphonium and stuff. But it was like, you know, it's just like not not to say that like uh, rock music is less than, but it's just like you don't have to be a musical genius to like kind of fall into that, you know. What I mean. And, and, you know, like I said, I wasn't the, the featured instrument <laughs> in the band, but it's like, but you, but you know, as long as you have that kind of musical aptitude, then you can kind of run with that, you know? And what kind of bands would you could say you're, they compared you to back then? Um, like I hear listening to you guys, like some My Morning Jackets, some Wilco, some stuff like that. What were kind of your co-bands that you considered part of that scene? Yeah. I mean, the one that we got the most that I think we kind of put out there ourselves, and in retrospect, maybe it wasn't the brightest idea because then people or the press like really latched onto that, and it was like we did this sort of like Pixies and Pavement sort of comparison, you know, because it's like we like those bands, you know, and like Pavement sort of had this sort of loose feel, you know. <laughs> A lot of lot of bands emulate the Pixies, you know, the yeah. sort of like loud, quiet, loud, quiet thing or whatever, you know. But it's just like everyone that's doing rock is, you know, doing something that somebody else has done. Like it's fine, but uh, but yeah. So we those were kind of those were the ones that kind of followed us. I think everywhere we went. I love the Pixies. What's that lead singer's name? Black something. Uh, Frank Black or Black Francis. Black Francis. Yeah. Outside.
was listening to their Doolittle yeah. record in the gym, and there's this song called Ooh La, I Love You or something at the yeah. end. Yeah. And I said, there my headphones on, I was rocking out to the, the Pixies, and all of a sudden, there he goes, <laughs> and I was kind of singing along, hum along. Yeah. I was doing all of a sudden, this girl walks right in front of me. Whoops. Like, hey, man, just listen to the Pixies, man, whatever. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so Pavement and the Pixies, huh? Yeah, but I mean, certainly My Morning Jacket's, you know, a great band that we you know, love their records, you know, and like, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of bands. Did you ever get to meet or work with some of these folks? Um, you know, we, we did do Rock the Garden the same year My Morning Jacket did, so kind of met those guys. You met Jim James? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's one of my heroes. Yeah, he's, he's, a, they're a great band, you know, I mean, they, they're, they're a really great rock band, you know. Jim James like man I mean I, it was just a very brief kind of like meeting you know but normal you know you didn't sit him down for a podcast no. <laughs> yeah I didn't get to <laughs> didn't get to grill him on anything but um yeah and you know we got to I'm you know I probably should have done a better inventory of like who we got to play with over the years but we did, we got to play with Broken Social Scene a couple times in the festival circuit and they're a phenomenal band um one of my favorites um and uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, lots. I mean, lots of good bands. I'm trying to. <laughs> so when you're playing with My Morning Jacket, yeah. Like, do you have to do when we used to do all the opening stuff or whatever? <laughs> so do you have to set up your stuff in front of their gear? Like you couldn't you couldn't share a drum kit or couldn't share a bass oh, yeah. rig. <laughs> you know, just kind of setting up in front. You know. Yeah, yeah. But we like that actually. I mean. As as a band, I think we we definitely liked. It's fun to open shows. I think like I think there's there's too much. I don't know. I guess what the what the current vibe is on that, but it's like a lot of times it's like, oh, you want to be the headliner. It's like, no, you don't. You want to go out there, like give a great show, and then sit back and watch the rest. You know, like yeah, like who wants to be up there at the end? You know, like, um, but uh, but yeah, so. I don't know. Wow. Um, cool experiences here. Um, so do you mind doing a part three? Yeah, I think I got time. All right, Mr. Matt Kretzman. Uh, story behind the song segment. We talked about this one earlier. How about the story behind the song Freak Out Freak. after 2011 record, Outside? That one uh, also uh, single, you know, kind of the, the sort of, uh, I don't want to say automatic single or kind of like... Yeah, the, the the one that was like the go-to single on that record. That one we we definitely like worked a lot, you know, I think there's there uh, you know that kind of term of like songwriting a song, you know, like we played around a lot with the structure and kind of parts on that to like make it what it is, you know, and I think it turned out well, you know. I mean, it's got uh, you know, it's 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 exci- it's an exciting kind of charging rock song, you know. Um but yeah, you gotta you'll have to talk to Josh again about <laughs> what the what the lyrical uh, background is on it. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, do you remember any of the recording parts of it, like in the studio? Um, 
That one, yeah, we did at Terrarium um, in uh, Northeast there. Um, I'm trying to think if there was... We, we definitely worked on that song a lot, you know, and kind of... Josh did a flute part on that. Josh plays the flute also, little known fact. Nice. So he laid down some flute on that one. <laughs> you hear the, hear the flute during the breakdown on that. That was kind of fun. But yeah, no, otherwise... All right. Well, we're chopping it up here with Matthew Kretzman from the band Tapes and Tapes here in the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Please tune in next week for the final part three. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Even in the moment with the light upon your face, I'll look up and show the motion I'll use. I can hear breathing. I feel the space and I Oh I I'll be the one you'll never know Once you were the wildest man I've ever known Free from what the other said On your
feel you tremble 